0: This is Drop Tent Media Network.
1: Hey, hold right there. Don't dare skip this. It's is an important message. Me and my boy, Albert Davis, we want to tell you about our podcast, Seriously Dad. Albert, why should they listen? Because
0: it's the best podcast in the world. It's by two comedians who are dads, and you know what we're talking about? Being dads. It's called Seriously Dad. Check us out on social media at Seriously Dad Podcast and... Anywhere you get your podcast, that's where we're at. We're
1: funny. We got some great guests coming our way. We cover the topics you want to hear. Check us out.
2: The old saying goes, if you don't work, you don't eat. Whatever the new saying for the new generation, you either grind or starve. Established in 2015, Grind the Star of Apparel has become the premier fashion brand for today's hustlers, entrepreneurs, and CEOs in the making. The online store provides groundbreaking styles and innovative designs for today's go-getters, proving that you can grind and look good at the same time. Grinder Starve has several collections to choose from. The new GOS Luxury, Designer, Location Apparel, Rep Your City to the Fullest, Fitness, Barber Edition, Stylist Edition, and Baker's Edition. Go to gosapparel.com. The next time you need a hoodie, polo, G-shirts, bags, all made with the best quality materials. Grind or starve. The choice is yours. Go to gosapparel.com. Uh-huh. IQ Basketball with Brian I'm Isley and Raymond Bird. What's going one? on, bro?
0: I'm going to go for like a...
2: And welcome to episode 8 of High IQ Basketball with Brian Isley and Raymond Burr. I am, of course, Brian Isley. Uh, Raymond Burr couldn't make it today. He called out, so he automatically loses the next episode. <laughs> that guy, man. We ain't even 10 episodes in, and he calling out. It's, I'm going to you know we're going roasting we got we got to neil we got to i got super producer neil with me and uh we have a special guest i i I met this met this gentleman on when i was doing uh shows for nba panel a few years ago we we had a a very good in-depth basketball conversation he has a very high iq i like to welcome to the show our very first guest on High IQ Basketball, Sixers beat writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer, Mr. Keith Pompey. How you doing today, sir?
1: I'm doing well, I see you got that hat on. I see you chilling. Yeah, you. yeah oh. you,
2: you they got medals too. I got mine,
1: okay. I got my medal too. Okay. I got my
2: medal, go Lakers, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it counts for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't care who, what everybody else say, it counts for me. The inaugural in season tournament, The Lakers went undefeated and won, uh, beating the Pacers, pulling away at the end. Um, This was the first in-season tournament. Commissioner Adam Silver has been of the mindset of making November and December games more meaningful and uh, driving driving home that these games count as well as the other games in the 82 game season. How do you feel about the inaugural in-season tournament? And um, did it exceed your expectations?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a great question because it it did exceed my expectations. You know, initially it was one of those things like, well, if the Sixers go to Vegas, I'll go to Vegas. You know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, that was it, right? Yeah, yeah, that was the only excitement. Um, And then you heard about the court, too. Like, oh, I really don't want to see this. Right. But to be honest with you, the level of play in those games reminded me of playoff games. Like, God, they were getting at it, man. And it got to a point where certain teams got exposed. Other teams showed, like like a team like the Pacers showed you that, yo, they could be for real. You you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So. I, I really liked the end season tournament. Like, again, it, it was better than I expected. Um, you know, it was one of those things I wished that I, the, the Sixers would have made it to the knockout round so I could try to cover that to see what that was like. But uh, it was really exciting. It reminded me of playoff basketball, but better because it was like win or go home. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, like, yeah, it wasn't a series. Round. Yeah, they were, they were at it. Yeah, they were going at it. Yeah.
2: We were both at the at the Sixers game when the Pacers came into town for that in season tournament game, and we saw uh, uh, the, the the Sixers got knocked off, unfortunately. But we saw the emergence of Tyrese Halliburton.
1: Yeah.
2: What's yeah. your take on this guy? He, he was All Star last year, and it seems that like he's just gotten that much better this year.
1: Like when he did this in the one time, like it is his time now. Like, like seriously, I mean, you can argue, not even argue, like he, like from what he's doing right now, he could be, he's, I think he's the best point guard in the league Ooh. I mean, for this season. I mean, I'm, a, I'm for what he's doing, because mm-hmm. if you think about the Pacers, like who else do they have besides him? I mean, you know, like they got a couple players, but nobody that you can say that they can go out there and win. Um, and beat elite teams but this is a guy that's giving you 27 15 assists and zero turnovers so yes you look at it and you say he can't be better than Kyrie he can't be better than Luca he can't be better than this and that but Mm -hmm. whenever he goes out there and play he's like getting video game type numbers to where you're saying to yourself well maybe he is a little bit better right now I'm not saying that he's I'm saying for right now at the start of the season, in my opinion, his point guard play is better than anybody else in the NBA.
2: Right. And he did have uh back-to-back games once they got the Vegas of f- high number of assists, 14, 15 assists and zero turnovers. And then he ran into my Lakers and we, and, and we shut all that down. i think i did it's two it was two games where the if if people were paying attention the lakers laid out the blueprint defensively for the new orleans pelicans and for the indiana pacers they completely took zion away uh making him absolute daring him to shoot Mm -hmm. they were they were sagging back past the free throw line daring zion williamson to shoot uh, and with Halliburton, every time he passed half court, or they they tried to do the DHO or pick and roll at the top, they blew it up and trapped it, and forced the the ball out of his hands. And he had like three or four turnovers last night.
1: Yeah, I mean you look at the Lakers now. The the, the thing that the Halliburton thing, they did a really good job. You know, I, I think that um, Darvin Ham, we look at him and you say, okay, here's another dude that got LeBron on the team. Like, he just, gonna be co- he's just – LeBron going to be – he's going to be coaching. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? A lot of people felt that. But we saw how in the postseason, um, you know, Milwaukee – we saw how, how Milwaukee lost in the first round because they True. weren't being able to make any adjustments, right? What, you know True. what I mean? So I feel like Darvin Ham is a coach that doesn't get the respect that he d- deserves. Now, the one thing that was really surprising to me was – like when I look at Zion, when I see him as far as being motivated and going after, there's nobody in the league you feel like who can stop him. And for them to be turned into a jump shooter and do t- all that other stuff, I was like, dang, that's some really good defensive game planning. And then also with Halliburton, it was some great game planning because, you know, you look at it, you know, they ain't supposed to do that to Zion. Like they don't, no. like you got LeBron and all that, but. That young boy, it's kind of like an old head going to the park and the young boy talking about, dog, you don't have it anymore. That was Mm -hmm. supposed to happen. It just was. beast mode style. And the way that they did that, you got to give – of course, you're going to give LeBron credit, but you have to give the coaching staff credit because they came up with two defensive game plans in back-to-back games that helped them win.
2: Two very different defensive uh, schemes as well, too. One Uh, perimeter-oriented, one – to shut down a power guy. And uh, it was, it was brilliant on their part. And I'm not saying that being biased, it's just real talk. They, they, they locked in defensively. Do you think the Lakers are the best defensive team in the league when locked in?
1: Uh, I don't know if they're the best defensive team when locked in. I think they're one of the better ones. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of think that, you know, again, it's all about matchups, right? It's mm-hmm. just all about who you go up against, like matchups. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when they played, the, you weren't here for it when they played the Sixers. Now, again, some of the guys were a little sick. But, like, yeah. you can't look at that and say that defense was working that night. You know <laughs> No, I
2: mean? no, we got so, smoked like, by 40, yeah. yeah.
1: So, when you look at it, it's matchups. But, you know, at, at the same time, like, you know i i'm i'm looking at what i saw and 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 the thing about zion it makes me a believer i don't know if they're the best but i'm going to give the lakers more credit than i did before that game i'm just okay
2: gonna... uh, that's fair that's Ooh. very fair uh do you think anthony davis is the best defensive player in the league no nah. no you nah, and, no know. Nah. who who who's your guy for for defensive player of the year so far this year in the league i know it's super early and it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of too early to ask that question yeah, but the performance that at ad had last night even though the game doesn't count statistically at all 41 points 20 rebounds i believe he had four blocks in the rotation the anch- the the way he anchored the defense Last night against the team that has the fastest pace in the league, the team that shoots the ball better than most in the league, gets up and down the floor, young, spry legs, they 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 completely shut them down and made them look like a different team than they than they look like in the in, in season tournament. Uh, does this performance propel them
1: defensively? See, the thing about AD is like, and, and I get it. You, you're asking a legitimate question in regards to, because you ask a legitimate question in regards to, you know, him being second in the league in blocks behind Brook Lopez, right? Yes. So you got to give him his credit. However, I also think that it has <laughs> a lot to do with matchups because, you know, for him to be the best player in the league, he got to shut down Joel. And whenever mm-hmm. they go up against Joel, Joel just be eating them alive. You know what I'm saying? Listen, so Joel
2: like, destroys everybody.
1: He destroyed. Yeah. But there are certain guys like Valley Tunis, guys like Al Horford, dudes like that who use like, you know, they outsmart them. Like they put an elbow in his back. They, they move mm. them off the spots. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Anthony just can't do that. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. To me, the guy who I think is a really good defensive player and I might say, and I felt like he should have won defensive player of the year last year. You probably, you, 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 you might not have me back on the show again after I say this, I'm serious because he's not a sexy type of pick. But okay. I like what Brooke Lopez does. I do. And again, that's not, not it,
2: far fetched. It's not, you, you, you're, he, you're allowed on the show again. Oh,
1: okay. But, but you, you know what I'm saying is like, you see AD, like A D is like a household. Now Brooke Lopez is too, but but Brooke Lopez gets hidden behind. Like he's the third best or fourth best dude on that squad, right? Yeah. You don't, he ain't like real talkative. He ain't he don't have commercial. He doesn't do that. But what I do see is I do see him giving teams fits on the defensive end, right? Mm-hmm. So for that, I do like A D. But I just think that Brooke Lopez is is better than him. now. You know, uh that's what I think. I just think okay. that Brooke is better than him.
2: that's you that's know? that's not a bad that's not a bad choice at all. I thought you was gonna say James Harden or something. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh what, what, that's the that's the end of the first quarter, but I got one more question for you. You brought up Brooke Lopez. Uh doesn't it seem like the older he gets, the better he gets because we didn't see any of this from brooke lopez when he was in brooklyn
1: nah you're right it's it's kind of like he uh, a little bit more seasoned his game is a whole lot more cerebral you know what i mean like he does mm-hmm. certain things and also i think it, it also helps out when you know you don't have to be the guy like you know what i'm saying like when you don't have to be the guy you can just lock in and do certain things because if you notice he's blocking shots He's, he's getting in great position on defense. Mm-hmm. And in offense, he's sagging out to the three-point line. Right. And, and then just hitting threes all the time. Yeah, right? and
2: he didn't have that.
1: Nah, he didn't. He didn't. And But I, I do think that it's like when you go, like, let's face it. You know, you got him playing the five. You got Giannis playing the four. Mm-hmm. All the attention is going to Giannis, at least on the offensive end. And then there's Giannis and Dane pick and roll. You got Chris Middleton out there. So it's easy for him to get lost. And what he does is, like you say, he didn't have it, but they probably told him, like, look, bro, you need to get in there and work on your three because you're going to get a lot of shots. And if right. you get a lot of shots, you're going to help us. And it just seems like he was a guy who worked on his game, and, yeah, he got better, got better.
2: It's a great first quarter. Uh, he, he He's worried about if he's invited back on the show, I'm <laughs> – he might replace Bird. <laughs> he might. He might mess around. Miss another day, Bird. Miss another day.
1: Yeah, miss, miss two more days, Bird. <laughs> I think you like work. <laughs> yeah,
2: I think uh, we're we're headed into quarter number two. We we have we have. Uh, I think the league is in good hands. Talent wise, is probably the best it's ever been or, or close to it. We have a young crop of superstars. So this, let's say if LeBron decides to hang it up in the next two or three years, Curry's up there in age at 35. KD is also 35. Uh, I think Kyrie is in his uh, early thirties. Next few years down the line say that this generation is, is done and over with. The league is in good hands. And one of those reasons is uh, we mentioned him before, Tyrese Halliburton. He was an all-star last year, and he's gotten so much better this year. Uh, could he be a candidate for most improved player?
1: Yeah, he can. I mean, even though he was an all-star, I do think that he can. Like, if he cont- And it's funny because, you know, we look at it. He was second in the league in assists last year, mm-hmm. right? He was second in the league in assists. But I, I think he can get most improved because if you think about it, he, he has taken his game up a notch, but the team was so bad last year. Like right. They only had one national TV game this year. So them being in this playing tournament, they done trumped everything. Right. Yes. So I think that with him, he's a guy that the nation is starting to take notice to. Mm -hmm. And with that, what that becomes is that's when you start getting those accolades. And I do think that he could get it. Now, I will say this there's another guy, if he continues to ascend, he may get it too. And that's just Tyrese Maxey, just because, you know, he's never been an all star. He hasn't done this, he hasn't done that. And the fact that he's averaging 27 points a game, you know, people could look at it like, well, what about him? You know, but Halliburton.
2: Yeah. Uh, what's the ceiling for for Tyrese?
1: Which one, <laughs> <And> Halliburton? <laughs> you know what, man? I think you know it, that's crazy to say because you know I I think that I mean I like again I I, I said I I think Luca. If you go year by year, you know what I mean over the last three years, you have to say that Luca, the last three, is the best point guard, right? Yes. Honest, right. But I think Halliburton could be up in that category. I do. I mean, I think he can. I mean, I think that he could be a first team all NBA, um, a finalist for MVP type of thing. Now, the MVP mm-hmm. thing has a lot to do with your team success. You know, as much as, as good as they are, I think they were, they are like fifth or sixth in the seeding, in the standings. So he probably won't get it. But, But for the fact that he has been balling the way he has, I don't see why he couldn't be a first-team All-NBA guard this year. And and to me, that's the ceiling, I mean, with him. And, and like, the one thing about Halliburton, if you look at it, you know, he wasn't a McDonald's All-American in high school. Mm -hmm. He was a three-star guard, which Mm -hmm. is good, but he was a three-star guard who went to college and blew up. So it's one of those things where he's not he's one of those guys where I think that people are finally starting to take notice. He's the hot name now. And when mm-hmm. it comes down to it, this voting and everything is extremely subjective. So that's why I believe that people are seeing him and people are going to vote for him. And I think he could be a first team all NBA guard.
2: I agree with everything you said I I ex- except for the First team or mm-hmm. NBA because Luca's been there three times already. He's pretty much he's a household name. He's one of the faces of the the league now. So that that's a pretty tall task. That's a pretty tall steep mountain to climb. But he is putting up the numbers that say he is first team.
1: But you got to understand something: it's mm-hmm. two guards. It don't it don't decipher on
2: on shooting it, guard and point yeah, guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand.
1: So that's why I said, like, I still think Luca will be there. But if you look at it, so who else would you put in there with him right now? Like, like who else? Like, who would be? Would it be Kyrie? Nah. Not, would it be Dane? Nah, not right nah, now. Not like, right now. You know what no. I mean? Would it be?
2: uh It'd be Maxi.
1: Yeah, would it be Maxi? <laughs> I mean, would it be Maxi? Like, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, would it be like right now, the guards who are really balling are like, um, you know, what's the, the um? Would it be Shea Gilges? Like, you know. Yeah, like, SGA, right, SGA? right. SGA, like, would it? Would it uh, be book, Shea? huh? Booker. Yeah, would it be book? Like, you know what I mean? So that's what I'm saying. So again, like Curry, Curry, you know what I mean? So like, if Curry get it, you you see, okay, we're gonna give it to him. But yeah, I'm just saying, you're right. If it, if if I'm pointing out and I'm saying to myself like, this guy. If you got to choose him and Luca, people are going to go with Luca. Facts. You got to go with you just pick a guard, like any guard. And nowadays, let's keep it real. Now they don't even care. Now it's like the best five players, right? Yeah. So So that's why I'm saying, like, he could possibly make it. Now, who knows? He may get second because it does become a popularity contest. But what I'm saying is what he has on his side is – People are watching them now. Yeah. And people are becoming enamored. And when you look at that team, they really don't have the horses like everybody else. Now, they do get up and down. They do play. They do have nice pieces. But when you say to yourself, like, you got LeBron and, you know, you got Le- LeBron and AD, mm-hmm. you got Devin Booker and, and KD, mm-hmm. um, you understand what I'm saying? It's like, his best co-star is the center who who is a shot blocker but couldn't block any shots against the Lakers
2: and got like, exposed last got, night he got, he got, got ex- exposed fouled out and left didn't even stay on the bench he went to the locker room after he fouled out
1: yeah that was that weird. was a bad look yeah it was a bad he got he got embarrassed like I mean because he was supposed to he was supposed to step up Turner was supposed to be the man and like ad was like killing him so mm. when I look at that, that's I don't want to be ill, but dude don't really have a co-star. Like Buddy Hill was supposed to be the man. He hasn't been. You know what yeah. I mean? So uh, don't worry, they got some nice young talent. They got they some got nice pieces. But but man, like it's him and a bunch of dudes. Right That's
2: now. true. <laughs> As it leads me into my next question, you, you say is Halliburton and essentially a bunch of guys. So with that being said, it has to be a great deal of uh, remarkable coaching to get them to this point. So what's your take on uh, Rick Carlisle's job? You know, he had the job in Dallas. He left, he resigned, and he came over to Indiana. And um, so how do you grade him so far?
1: I think he did a phenomenal, I think he's doing a phenomenal job. I mean, you know, you you think about it, like, (laughs) essentially, they were tanking last year. Yeah. And they basically have the same guys, right? And then all of a sudden, they change the style of play. They get after you, they're going up and down, they're playing a lot of different players. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they show up in the money games. I mean, like, again, right now, they're fifth in the East, or I believe they're sixth in the East but at the same time whenever it's time to turn stuff on they come out and play. And the one thing that really impressed me about them was was when they played the Sixers. In that two game, like the first game they played the Sixers was just a regular season game. The second game where they played them was an in-season tournament game. Yep. They like came out with a whole different game plan. Yeah. And not after the Sixers. We saw it firsthand. Yeah, you saw it <laughs> firsthand, you know. We saw everything. So To me, you look at it, and I'm saying to myself about Rick Carlisle, I'm saying like, yo, this guy is supposed to be like done. And and yet and still, Mm -hmm. he's out here, you know, got these guys believing and got them balling. So you have to commend him for the coaching job that he's doing. You have to.
2: Agreed. And that is halftime. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Uh, this is Halftime, and Halftime is sponsored by, if you know, you know, Trivia Games. This is a trivia game uh, created by a great friend of mine and uh friend to the show, Saquon Gillette. Uh If you know, you know, is a 90s to 2020s. Hip Hop and R&B Trivia Game is created by Saquon Villa. As I said, it's Star Corner Production, Star Corner Games, and it's the game you never knew you needed. Guaranteed to have you singing, dancing, laughing, and reminiscing. You'll probably learn something too, in the most fun way ever. It's for ages thirteen and up, because you know with hip hop we have explicit <laughs> we have explicit lyrics. But yeah, if you know, you know trivia game uh get it on amazon and wherever uh games are sold that is our halftime sponsor and we are back this is high iq basketball with brian isley and keith pompey today not raymond not raymond bird raymond bird doesn't want to (laughs) work i got i gotta get him man i gotta get him if it was me he'd be doing the same thing <laughs> it'd be worse if i call it out it'd be definitely worse we're heading into the third quarter uh 25 of the season is now complete i think teams are starting to show us who they are uh to to an extent essentially showing us their makeup and and, and what they're about uh who is your mvp so far and who is your rookie of the year so far and why
1: all right and, and first i will say and i know this and i, I hate i hate giving them props all the time because i cover them you know what i mean and i don't want people to think that i'm being a straight homer right but i right. think that right now I'm, I'm i'm giving it to mb right now right um at this particular time and if it wasn't mb i would have to give it to lebron Right, because I feel like at the yeah, age of yeah. 30, you know, 38, 39, he's doing stuff that we haven't seen before. And I know, like you say, these in season tournament stuff shouldn't count, right? But the fact that what he did, the fact that what he did, um, and leading them there to me speaks volumes, right? But mm-hmm. and the reason why I'm giving it to B, and again, for Embiid to to get it, I believe that the Sixers got to you know they got to move up from number four to like within the top two, right? Okay. Just because it he has to show them that. But when you look at it, you know, Jim Embiid is averaging thirty three point three points, right? He's averaging eleven point five rebounds, That's and crazy. and then the, the kicker is he's averaging a career-best 6.4 assists, right? And his 1.9 blocks is is, is what? The second most that he's averaged on during his career. So to me, you look at him and you see how they are when he plays. And then you see how they lose when he doesn't play. And then they needed 50 points against the Washington Wizards on Mm -hmm. Wednesday to win that Mm -hmm. game. When you add all that up, to me, it's like Embiid is playing better than he did last year. He's showing people that, hey, I can pass the ball. But yet and still they're a completely different team without. So right now I'm looking at it like, you know, he's the front runner. But outside of that, and, and again, I get it, the Lakers, the Lakers are are kind of sort of like the um the Indiana Pacers. When they're they're a top team in the West, they're just not one of the top three teams. But at mm. the same time, the stuff that LeBron is doing, man, and you could give it to him every year. But I think the fact that yeah. he led them to this end season tournament championship and how he was just beasting people, I think you got to give it you give it to him if Embiid doesn't get it. You know, and that's that. Now, when we talk about when, when we talk about uh, rookie of the year. Victor Wembanyama is like the pick that everybody's talking about, right? He's averaging yeah. 19 points, he's averaging 10 rebounds, right? He, um, yeah, a 2.6 assist, getting blocks. But the dude Chet Holmgren to me is doing it on a better team, and he's doing it in meaningful games, right? I agree. Like when they play, when they played the Sixers, you know he he played well. Now again, he can't guard and be nobody can but at the same time i feel like when you on the team that only won three games and you getting a double double that's like michael carter williams i'm sorry like you know you can it's easy to get those right it's easy to wow those numbers i mean no i don't mean to kill them but like it's easy like typically the guys to get rookie of the year and stuff like that they get more shot attempts and more things than anybody else cuz they plan on a struggling team a rookie
2: agree yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah do it but when you are on a team that's one of the best in the west and you still putting up numbers and you still mm-hmm. balling out like to me I have to give it to Chet Homberg right now he's been playing well now you can argue that he he had a whole year to rehab and do all this other stuff but to me he is the best rookie right now in the NBA.
2: Yeah, and to piggyback off your point, he he is doing that on a good team, good team, meaningful games. And add to the fact that SGA was a 30 points per game score and Chet is still finding his way to make an impact for that team, even with somebody with such a high usage rate in SGA.
1: Yep, yep. I mean, the dude is balling, man. He's balling. I mean, he's balling. I mean, as skinny as I don't know what. I mean, 17.1 <laughs> points, 7.8 rebounds, 2.5 assists. You know what I mean? He's, he's a, what the dude, he's, what, seven one? He's shooting 38% 7'1". from 3. Yeah,
2: yeah. he's balling. Ballin'. Yeah, I, I was, I was, I felt bad for him uh, when he got hurt and. In that in that game last year, that I think featured also featured LeBron James, uh, and yeah, yeah Chet got hurt and, and something was wrong with the floor, and they didn't even finish the game. I I, I believe they didn't finish that game. LeBron just walked off, but um, yeah, and he missed the his what would have been his rookie year. But a lot of people say you know red shirt rookies they should <laughs> they shouldn't win. Rookie of the year. I disagree because there's nothing like actual in-game experience. Yes, you could get the treatment. Yes, you could get the workouts. You could be in the team meetings. You could watch the film sessions. But I believe there's nothing like court experience.
1: Yeah, exactly. Nothing like it. I mean, you know, and yeah, it's one of those things like, and what does it mean? Like, what is it? Like it's just like saying you are like you're right, a red shirt freshman. You still a freshman because you're still you still a didn't freshman. Play. You playing. didn't play. Like we say, oh, this is his first win. And, I mean, they might as well just do newcomer of the year award or something like that. You okay. know what I mean? Because yeah, like, it's it's weird. And then here's the deal. Like even some of these dudes nowadays, they they play professionally overseas or they played. You know, I mean, they just in the G League, what have you. So they come up. Well, they are not technically they're a rookie in the league, but they're not a, a rookie in regards to a pro. So you can argue that until the cows come out. But at the same time, it's one of those things where, nah, the boy he didn't play last year. Yeah, um, this is his first games. You know, let let him, let him let him get his shine. He's balling. He's playing well.
2: Right, right, right. Yeah. I agree. He's definitely playing well. Man, he's got great timing too. Answers questions that it doesn't run the light, doesn't go over a time, or anything. Hey, hey, Keith, man, you want to be a full time co host, bro? Yeah. <laughs> We're headed into the fourth quarter, and of course, this is he. He's an he's an expert in, in the entire game. That's why he's on the high IQ show, but. The Sixers, uh, with their situation, the circumstances surrounding James Harden uh, finally getting traded to the Clippers, Nick Nurse, is first-year coach with the Sixers, Uh, how impressed are you with how Embiid, Maxie, Harris, uh, Oubre, before his um, unfortunate uh, accident, how impressed are you with this Sixers team?
1: I'm, I'm extremely impressed. I mean, when you think about it, like you said, the Harden situation, they went through a lot, right? And I, I think they 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 were able to stay focused to make it seem like they weren't going through anything. I felt like before Kelly Oubre became injured, mm-hmm. the Sixers were the most exciting team in the NBA, right? I mean, you look at it, they were deep. They were getting after it. Um, you know, they, they brought in new pieces. Um, you know, it took a couple of them a while to, to get – to get adjusted but out of aside that um besides that they were still rolling so yes i'm ex- i was extremely impressed by them you know right now i feel like um you know they had the injuries guys or they they have more problems now like the defense isn't playing as well as it used to be it seems mm-hmm. like they 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 went away a little bit from that free flowing offense to where there's a lot of uh, two man game, which is good, but at the same time, I feel like they got to get a little bit more guys involved. But but right now, I have to tell you, like I feel like when they're all healthy and everything is okay, I think that they're going to be, you know, tough to beat in the regular season.
2: Joel Embiid is your top MVP candidate. Uh, Tyrese Maxey is a top candidate for you for most improved. Tobias Harris is a very uh, great third option kelly Oubre has emerged playing he was playing lights out uh do the sixers need to make a move before the trade deadline
1: you know what it depends i I think they can do a move before the trade deadline Mm -hmm. but i don't think they need to do a move like okay as long as if i think if right now it's going to be crucial Right. And we're seeing if you watch the Sixers, you see different guys playing on different nights because what they're trying to do is they're trying to figure out what they had. But if they find out they got the right pieces coming off the bench that they can rely on. And if Tyrese Maxey continues to ascend, I don't think they have to make a move. Right. But if they do make a move, I think you're looking for someone who can be uh, someone who can be a consistent shooter who can knock down shots or Mm -hmm. someone who could call an additional guy who could bring the defense and everything because I feel like making a move just to make a move doesn't always work out because you're going to bring especially if that person is someone that you need to depend on you think you're going to depend on to provide a lot of offense I think it could get a little clunky there so right now I feel like if if Marcus Morris can continue to play the way he's been playing recently, if if Robert Covington can play well, if Nicholas Batum can play well, you know, and a couple other guys and uh uh with, with Mo, you know guys like that, Paul Reed, I I feel like you're cool, you're set. But but I wouldn't go out there and get if if Maxi continues to play the way he is, I'm not going out there and getting Zach Levine. Nah, uh uh. That
2: was going to be, be my next question. Yeah
1: you you, I I think I think that could mess up the chemistry because there are and there's nothing against Zach Levine but there are certain guys who are used to being the man right Mm -hmm. so you get Zach Levine since he's been in Chicago he's been that guy like he's been that dude so you go ahead you go bring him here and then all of a sudden he's so used to having the ball in his hands if if he doesn't have the ball in his hands he's going to be unhappy right he can say what he wants but at the most part, if he has the ball in the hand, then that's taken away from um, from Maxi. That's taken away from Embiid, you know, this and that. Like, in order for them to win, I mean, right now we look at that two-man game, it has to be on the top of the game. What they need is they need some guys who can be some role players, some more role players, if that's what you want. I don't think that I would go out and get him now like an Alex Caruso type guy. I like that, right? Like um, OG Oblinobi. If I butchered your last name, OG, I'm sorry because I always do. But if you go up and get <laughs> a guy like that, I he got the
2: easiest first name and one of the he, hardest last names. I know.
1: That's why I said OG. Oh, but if you look at him, he can help you, right? But then again, you look at it and you say, all right, he's probably going to come off the books next year. We're going to have some other stuff. If Nicholas Batum, Nico Batum, and Cove and them continue to play the way they do, do we want to get rid of some of our depth to get a guy? who could become a free agent next year. You understand yes. what I'm saying? So there's a lot yes. of things that they got to be careful about a lot. What's the
2: best case scenario for these guys as is with no moves.
1: As is with no moves. I don't know if they can beat Milwaukee in Boston, maybe Milwaukee in the seventh, but I don't know if they could beat Boston in the seven game series. So best case scenario might be getting the Eastern Conference Finals, best-case scenario. But, again, okay. it has to depend on a lot of guys, you know, elevating their game and their play. Now, should sure they made it last year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but I, I just feel like they'll have a tough time against the Celtics in, in a seven-game series.
2: Crazy. Right at the buzzer. He's crazy, right at the buzzer all net man listen keith i appreciate you coming through high iq basketball thank you so much for your time uh and i look forward to having you on the show again later on in in the season man this was a great this was a great uh interview man it was a great conversation
1: yeah thanks for having me i really appreciate it i really did
2: yeah man yeah stay up uh uh looking forward to your your write-ups on, on on the sixers and we'll talk soon
1: all right and uh, i hope your lakers have a have, continue to have a great season
2: oh they will <laughs> thanks all a right. lot man appreciate all right, you all right all peace. right take care all right peace that was keith Com- pompey from the philadelphia Inquirer sixers beat writer uh, hell of a conversation we just had regarding the in-season tournament and Tyrese Halliburton and the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm going to get into a quick OT, and it's not really off-topic. It's going to be on-topic because I'm going to talk about my Lakers for a second. Uh, the Lakers, yeah, we won the in-season tournament, the first ever in-season tournament. I see the trolls on social media. Saying that this doesn't count, saying that no one cares, saying that it doesn't matter, saying that the NBA is rigged, saying that Adam Silver is LeBron's daddy and he just gave him the season tournament so he can win it. I need all y'all to kiss my ass. All y'all could go to hell. The Lakers won the end-season tournament, and you're mad. The only reason you say that the end-season tournament doesn't count is because LeBron and the Lakers won. Had any other team won, it would have mattered. Had Braun got to the finals and lost, my, my DMs would be exploding. <laughs> my my phone call will be my phone will be blowing up. You guys kill me with this. Every single time LeBron wins something or the Lakers win something, you guys move the goalposts and. You, 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 you make the task more difficult. You, you make it, you make it impossible. Like the guy can't win. He literally won and won the MVP of the entire tournament. He dominated the entire tournament. The Lakers went seven and zero, and you can't say it doesn't matter because that 500 K made it matter. These cats were going hard. You just heard Keith Pompey say the level of intensity in these games were at another level. It was playoff intensity. It was playoff-like. These games matter. The guys on the end of the bench for the Lakers, their lives was just changed last night. They got a $500,000 payday. They were going hard. LeBron went hard. AD went hard. The Pacers went hard. The Pacers went undefeated in in pool play and in the knockout rounds until they met the Lakers. These teams were going after it. You guys complain about November and December, saying all oh, basketball doesn't matter until April, May, and June. Well, Adam Silver gave a reason for you to watch. He he made these games matter. And you punk ass y'all still complaining y'all still whining y'all still bitching and moaning and the league is progressing and the league is getting better and you it yeah we can't we can't make you happy so here's my suggestion just stop watching if every time the the league tries to make an improvement on a game and you have a complaint about it you don't want the league to win you claim you love basketball so much. You claim you love the game. You 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 swear you want to see meaningful games throughout the entire season and you get it and you still whine and complain because you don't like LeBron James, period. That's the end all be all of it. You don't like LeBron James. So if the Pacers won, you would have been cool with it. The Celtics won, you would have been cool with it. If the the Pelicans and Zion and B.I. and them won, you would have been cool with it, especially if they beat LeBron and the Lakers to do it. You guys would have been fine with it. So you trolls can go back to whatever rock you were hidden, hiding under. You guys can miss me with all that negative stuff y'all complain y'all say y'all don't care i neil have, have have you ever commented on anything that you didn't care about
0: no that's insane
2: and, and, and why why is that
0: because it's counterintuitive to the very intention of it yeah it doesn't make any sense
2: translation he doesn't care right so why would you talk about something that why would you waste energy on something that you don't care about you guys care you're just mad that lebron james won the lakers won we are the in-season tournament champions they got their medals last night i got my medal too go lakers y'all mad stay mad put a cape on so you can be super mad and i'm out the old saying goes if you don't work you don't eat whatever the new saying for the new generation you either grind or starve Established in 2015, Grinder Starve Apparel has become the premier fashion brand for today's hustlers, entrepreneurs, and CEOs in the making. The online store provides groundbreaking styles and innovative designs for today's go-getters, proving that you can grind and look good at the same time. Grinder Starve has several collections to choose from, the new GOS Luxury, Designer, location apparel, rep your city to the fullest. Fitness, barber edition, stylist edition, and baker's edition. Go to gosapparel.com the next time you need a hoodie, polo, G-shirts, bags, all made with the best quality materials. Grind or starve, the choice is yours. Go to gosapparel.com.
0: Hey everybody, how you doing? This is comedian Neil Wood and Adam Nutter. We can't do it like that. You have nope. to sound like a human being. This cut—it's insane. Because I'm realizing how little you're talking. Adam Nutter. I could just take. If you just want me to, honestly, you know what we need to do is just get. You just need to get that clean. Adam Nutter. And then I'll just pop it in wherever I need to,
1: but Adam Nutter. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> Come listen to
0: the Cult of Us podcast. That's our promo. Adam Nutter. A Drop Tint Media Network podcast. Go to droptent.com or search Cult of Us Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Uh-huh. I'ma have to tie up my Nikes for this one. I'ma go for like a like a quadruple double. Ha ha. We playing a game to win and greatness come from within. The only time you lose it, the only never good game. Gotta be like the shoe and just do it. The clock is winding down, so now I'll shoot it. If fortune favors the bold, that's why I keep on just winning. If timing is just the essence, then I'ma keep on just spending. I'm worth a couple of bucks, shout out to Ante the Kumpo. Dropping in B-Ball facts that seeping into your glue buds Advising like Tony Kuko, getting into it mucho. Directing all these plays like my name was Tony Russo. Balling, that's how we do so. I'm going in for the win. Penetrate the lane like we way back in 2010 I'm stomping straight in my Tim's. The basics just like I'm Tim I'm dunking on you haters A so poster is where you live It's magic all in my wrist Steph Curry, we going swish It's showtime like the 80s Basketball is where we live I'm highly gifted and skilled I'm going in for the kill The game is on the line Remember, ayo, what's the deal? Pass it to Brian Osley I bet he probably surprised me High IQ basketball is just showing It's not a hobby Playing the game to win Greatness come from within, the only time you do it, the only never begin. Gotta be like the and just do it. The clock is winding down, so now shoot it. We plan the game to win, greatness come from within. The only time you do it, the only never begin. Gotta be like the and just do it. The clock is winding down, so now... This has been a Drop Tent Media production.